0: Hi, and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you will ever need. This is episode 30. Yeah, I do feel like we should have some kind of fanfare there. And in the previous 29, uh, we've covered a whole load of topics, everything from ISAs to pensions, redundancy, insurances, and last time, investing in property, the good, the bad and the ugly. But what if you can't afford to buy? Or maybe buying just isn't for you and you're not ready to put down roots yet. So you prefer to rent. Well, today's show is for you. Episode 30 is called, Should You Rent or Buy a Home? More on that in just a moment. And for the items we've already covered, you'll find all those in our back catalogue of shows on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a listen to them when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be very grateful. Hit subscribe as well. And that way you'll get new podcasts as soon as they drop and you'll be right up to date. For our library of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Ellison. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil hi john how are you good thank you, you know, a good follow-up to uh, to property investment the good the bad and the ugly this one is should you rent or buy a home i know uh, in this country we, we place an awful lot in owning your own home but it's nothing like that in some other countries germany for example is very different loads of people rent their entire lives and the, the feeling there is they should use the money they don't spend on property to enjoy living more so let's take a look at the pros and cons of each what's your initial thoughts on this phil
1: yeah, then, well, I, I would say purchasing a home has got more initial cost than renting. However, it gives you more flexibility when it comes to to improving the property and getting it the the way you like it. So in this episode, it's good we can go through like some of the pros and cons of each and and just look at the the kind of differences and hopefully help people there. But can't believe we're up to episode thirty already. Eh? I know,
0: it's I know,
1: flying past. It's nuts. It's over half a year we've been been doing it as
0: well. And still you haven't gone mad yet, sitting here every week opposite me. Uh, Now, in in rental, um, presumably the the owner uh, isn't going to let you, you know, tear down walls or build extensions. So let's do a quick recap. If you're looking to buy, what all do you need to be able to buy a property?
1: For for buying, I mean, first of all, you need the the money to purchase the property. I mean, you'll get some people that are cash buyers, so they can afford to to buy that outright. I suppose for the majority of people, they're they're usually going to buy a property and take out a mortgage. And if that was the case, you're going to need some sort of deposit for it. At the moment, most mortgage lenders look for at least a 10% deposit we did do a show just recently on some of the government schemes for first-time home buyers and you, you can get ones with, with just a five percent deposit but the, one of the first things that you're going to need is is money to, to put into the, the project potentially you could have stamp duty or in Scotland it's called land and buildings transaction tax so that would be another initial expense. If you're buying, you're likely to have solicitor's fees for buying. You may also have removal costs. And another thing, if you're buying is you would need to get the the building insured. So quite a few different things to to take into account there.
0: And how does it differ? I mean, it, that all sounds quite expensive. I remember as a guideline a while back, it's a while back because the last time I bought and sold, but they used to say it was about 10 grand listers fees to sort of buy or sell and buy a property. How does it differ? If you're looking to, to rent somewhere, you, you surely don't need as much as that. What do you need?
1: That's one of the benefits of renting is that you don't need so much up front. Generally, you'll you'll tend to find the deposit that they look for. Most lease agents are looking for one month's deposit up front, that's usually kept in a there's these safe deposit schemes now. So as long as you don't trash the property, you would get that back when you you move out. But some of the other costs, if if you're renting, so generally you don't need much of a, a deposit there. Just the typically the, the one month rent, but you might need to get furniture i guess it depends if you're getting somewhere that's furnished or unfurnished you could still have removal costs but yeah generally if you're renting there's nothing like the same initial outlay as if you're you're buying a property
0: mm, you do have things like amenities on top of that as well like you would if you, yeah. if you were buying somewhere so which is generally cheaper per month it seems to me that you're going to say renting
1: Well, it it can depend on on a number of factors. I mean, if someone was a bit older taking out a mortgage, then they're maybe taking that out over a shorter period. So that may make buying more expensive on a monthly basis. Another factor would be the interest rates on on the mortgage. So if interest rates were to rise, that could put your your payments up. I guess other factors as well include supply and demand because, in, in some areas, there'll be more demand for rented properties, whereas others, the demand for buying a property might be the higher. So some areas are, are more expensive than others. You usually find that rents will be more in areas like maybe around universities. So students typically couldn't afford to buy, so they'll look to, to rent. So you, you tend to find rents in areas where the rental demand is more tends to be higher than, than what you would pay if on a monthly basis if you were were buying but it is it's all, all really down to, to kind of supply and demand
0: yeah I'm, I'm nodding there and smiling um, not in a, not in a happy way but in in a, a recognition kind of a way in so much as uh, when I was working in Glasgow recently and I stayed uh, in that part of the world during the week I rented a flat uh, it was a studio flat beautiful um, but but tiny in the, uh, the side of a big old house. And it was about a stone throw away from Stirling University, and it was 425 pounds a month. And as long as cat swinging wasn't one of your hobbies, Phil, you were okay. But if it was, you'd know, you you'd be, you'd be really stuck. Um, and that just goes to show, I suppose, living in that part that was in Bridge of Allen and living in that part of the world, expensive, regardless of whether you're buying or renting.
1: That's it. You'll get different variations like regionally as well, I mean I, I know in Aberdeen a few years ago when when the oil industry was doing well, rents were really high, I mean I, I know somebody that had a flat and was renting out for I think it was about £1,400 a month, yeah. then last year it was, that, that property was empty for a long spell, I think they ended up renting it for about 800 so it almost dropped, not, not quite 50%, but a big drop from what it, it used to be, so is a lot of supply and demand will determine that
0: so what about the, the various other costs involved with both? I mentioned amenities I there, but what else can we touch on?
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you've got, I guess with both, your, you've got your bills to pay, council tax, that that sort of thing. I mentioned there, if you're renting, you need to put down a deposit as well. If you're buying, you need to find the, the money for buying. You've also got the mortgage costs if you you've got that. And sometimes on a mortgage, you may have, well, as well as the interest to pay, there could also be arrangement fees, maybe valuation fees. That said, you, you've got, I know in Scotland, you've got the home reports. So generally the lenders will tend to take them if you're buying. But they, there are there's a lot of different costs that you would have. And some some costs you would have regardless of whether you buy or rent. But yeah, there's quite a number of different things there.
0: And how do you figure out, I mean, when, when you're in the market to buy, you want to sell your house or you're in the market to rent, you're leaving home for the first time perhaps. How do you figure out how much you can afford per month when you're buying or you're renting? What's the easiest way?
1: If if you're looking to buy, I always recommend speaking to a whole of market, whole of market mortgage broker, because they'll be able to give you an idea exactly how much you can afford and um, if if you're buying, maybe even getting your estate agent or sus are involved in that as well. Um, but certainly speaking to, to a whole of market mortgage broker, if, if you're renting, you've got to remember that the, the costs involve more than just budgeting for the rent. You've still got, as I say, your, your council tax, utilities. On some places you've got a, a service charge. But what I would say is ask the landlord or leasing agents for, for estimates. I remember when I bought my first property, I didn't have a clue how much my, my bills were going to be. So I would ask the people I was working with, So oh, how much do you pay for this and how much do you, you pay for that? But there's plenty of budget planners that you can get online um, and they're really good. You can put in a detailed breakdown of everything you've got coming in and everything that you've, you've got going out.
0: Okay, so uh, let's weigh up the, uh, the pros and cons then uh, of buying.
1: I would say the pros are that you've got a physical asset, which hopefully will go up in in value. I know historically property tends to be an asset class that the the supply is less than the the demand. So normally the values of houses long-term tend to to rise. The other benefit of buying is you can do the property up how you like. You you can also add value to it by doing it up, new kitchens, extensions. You've got all of that sort of things as well. Um, And another pro would be if you have a mortgage, some of your payment is... Is paying off the capital as well. If it's a repayment mortgage that you've got, you do get occasionally more on investment properties where people will just pay the interest. But if you've got a, a normal mortgage, generally in that payment, you're paying some of the or paying the interest, but you're also paying some of the capital. Each month, I would say the cons for buying you've got more upfront costs, so initially it's it's more expensive. The values of property can go down as well as up. That, that's another thing to bear in mind, especially in the shorter term. I mean, we've seen with, with COVID and, and that some property values have, have dipped over the last wee while. Another downside with buying is if you do have a mortgage, you've got the, the interest rate risk that can go up over time as well. Although at the minute, they're speaking about possible negative interest rates. So that's quite an unusual and unprecedented situation. But I kind of see the actual cost of the mortgages coming down all that much, even if interest rates did go a little bit lower. And I suppose another disadvantage as well is that if you are looking to move home quickly in the future, you need to sell your property, and that might take a wee bit of time to to shift it there as well. So that would be some of the pros and
0: cons of of buy-in. And uh, compare that for me um, to to renting for the one thing that I was going to mention there about renting actually is uh, I rented, first of all, about, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. And I remember at the time you had to come up with, I think you had to buy into a, a lease for six months, a minimum of six months. And these days you don't, you can, you can do it month by month. So you could actually be in somewhere for quite a short period of time and 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 move on, as opposed to what you're talking about, buying there.
1: Quite often they'll, they'll do maybe like, it's got to be a minimum of six months initially, and then it'll just be on a month rolling basis thereafter. But they, there are, they the, the kind of tie in as long on, on residential lets these days as what they may be used to in the, the past. And there's a lot more rules to protect tenants these days as well from from maybe what there used to be in the, the past as well
0: so the uh the pros for renting then i suppose is is that sort of easy out uh option and yeah, uh and, got, and the fact it'll be cheaper
1: i know i mean the, I, I would say that you've less upfront costs so that that would be the main kind of advantage you've also got that flexibility should you wish to move as well so i mean i've stayed in properties that i rented for a little while there was was nothing on the market that I wanted to buy so i thought right i'll rent. Until I see something that I like, and then that gave me the, the flexibility. So that's another advantage of rent. And another big one is that the landlord would usually be responsible for any repairs. So if there was a storm and the house was blown down, they would be kind of liable for, for that sort of thing. So, quite a few pro, pros to, to rent. And, and then I would say, like, some of the cons would be. I mean, potentially the landlord could increase the rent. So that would be a, a negative. It's unlikely that they're going to look at reducing the rent, although I know over the last week while some have had to, to do that. I would say another negative is that sometimes you can't do the property up the way you want it. Um, sometimes you're not able to redecorate, or certainly structural improvements would be be out if you wanted to extend the property. I mean, what's the point of doing that when it's somebody else that? owns it so I would say the con or one of the disadvantages is that that asset belongs to somebody else rather than to yourself
0: Okay and our key takeaways from this one then Phil
1: I would say the key takeaways would be things like consider how much you can afford that that would be a big one look at how much you need to pay out initially whichever way you, you decide to go other things I would kind of say to take into account would be look at how long you plan to stay in a home I'd look at like your, your financial situation, your career, family goals, all of that might kind of lead to saying, right, do we want to
0: buy or do we want to, to rent? Uh, each week so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So renting and or buying, what have you got in that, Phil?
1: For me, I, I've usually always tended to own property. Uh, I have rented a couple of times in the past, very first place I rented just wasn't big enough when the kids came over to stay so I wasn't there for very long and then managed to get somewhere a wee bit bigger so that that was good because if I'd actually bought that place then I would have been thinking oh no I need to sell it to get somewhere bigger quite soon but I've done very well from owning property I mean the values and the time I've had it has gone up well over the the longer term when I had a relationship breakdown I, I rented a couple of times and at that time in my life that was a good Think to do was just to rent I was still on the mortgage at the old property so it would have been more difficult getting another mortgage so I, I know for me I've, I've done both at the minute I'm currently considering moving and if, if that dream house that I wanted to buy didn't come up then I would certainly consider renting for a bit until it did come up so the renting does give you that little bit more flexibility as well but there are there, there are pros and cons to, to both
0: really and, Phil, we always do this but as well. You find inspiration, I know, through various people that you admire, and you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on renting or buying?
1: quote I've got this week is from the, somebody called Debbie Norton. At your own home, you can ignore little problems like a leaky faucet or dripping pipes, but a person paying rent expects that to be taken care of.
0: Now, Phil is uh, really keen on... Dro- Trying to help you with your financial queries. Uh, If you want to email a question to us, uh, please feel free. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details are coming up. I'll give it to you after these. Our first question today comes from Marion and Maud. Maud Marion. She knows any archers. (laughs) Robin Bowman. Anyway, uh, Marion's query kind of relates to uh, this week's show. She's moving because of work to the central belt. But given the fact she's taking the kids and hubby as well, They don't want to rush into buying somewhere and regretting it. Uh, Instead, maybe renting for a year and then trying to get somewhere more permanent when they have a feel for the area. So, you know, find the right schools, that kind of idea. Marianne's question is, is there anything lost in her doing this? She's mid-40s, so will she still be able to get a mortgage, etc.? What do you think, Phil? I I
1: would agree that renting initially probably a a good idea for her. Getting a mortgage is based on affordability. Now, the older you are, then usually the shorter the mortgage term is going to be. So that then makes it harder because the the payments are going to to likely be more. So I I guess, yeah, it's, it's good to kind of remain on the, the property ladder, but sometimes it's good just to, to kind of, especially if you're moving to a new area, I think, like, do I like it here? I mean, I, I've seen people get stung before where they've went and bought a property and then they've decided, oh, I didn't actually, I don't like it. I want to move back to where I've, I've been. And then they have all the, the costs of selling and moving and they maybe can't sell for what they paid for it. So probably a good idea for, for renting initially, but yeah, it can, I mean, the, the older you get, then the mortgage affordability becomes harder the, the older you are. And then you, you'll tend to find some lenders alone only let you take it up to a certain age. The affordability tightens there for, for some people as well. But again, it's, I suppose that's one of those situations. It's like, do you rent or do you buy? And try to decide which, which is going to be best for you.
0: Next up is uh, is Robert in Forest. Robert's question is related to the pandemic in a way, I suppose. He asks, given all the money the government's been paying out, in terms of things like the furlough scheme, buying vaccines, because we bought an awful lot of them, didn't we? How soon do you think they'll try to recoup some of that money and how might it affect our pockets?
1: It's a tricky one. It's hard to tell, is it? But, you know, you, you didn't get anything for, for nothing. And they, they are, I mean, the cost of this pandemic is massive and, I mean, it, it, somebody somewhere has got to to pay for it. But they, I suppose they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, really, because... If they go raising taxes, people try to find ways not to to pay it. But at the same time, they need to get the money from from somewhere. But I I don't know, I kind of see them doing too much too quickly because a lot of people have had a lot of pain over the last year or so. I mean, it's nuts. I I just I mean, I kind of believe that we're kind of a year on end and, and still where we are now. But a lot of people have been hit really hard and, I don't know, you didn't I want to penalize them as they're they're coming out, but it will it'll be interesting to see how things go over the, the next few while. So my own personal feeling is I think they'll do it a bit more gradual, but hey, who who knows? You just you just never know what they,
0: they, they'll kinda decide on. Well let's hope it's gradual, like you said. Um, I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to have a look at our back catalogue, because we've covered a fair few topics so far, and we might well have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. Now, if you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a financial matter, find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email him a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil. At philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's Phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question, and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. you get got all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, John.